This is Juliana McIntosh. And I'm Brad Sutton. And, and this, this is, is The Art of, of Drinking. Drinking. With Join Jules. And your favorite uncle. This is the best home bartending podcast. Where you learn how to make two drinks. A classic. And a twist. Plus a little backstory on the cocktail. So you have an interesting story to tell when you serve your guests. Your home crafted masterpiece. Hi, Uncle Brad. Hey, Jules. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm excited about this cocktail. You know, it's funny because before we prepped out this season, I have never heard of this cocktail before. And I'm interested to, as you know, there people are going to be watching on YouTube. For those listening, I am in the kitchen today because uh, it is my week to make these cocktails. And Brad, I haven't made this cocktail yet. So when we make it for realsies today, it will be my honest opinion on the cocktail because really and truly, I've never heard of the Greenhorn before. So how do you know this cocktail? Well, Jules, there's a good reason you haven't heard of the Greenhorn before because the cocktail was only invented in 2022. No way, really? Yeah, so I came across this cocktail because I was looking for tequila cocktail ideas. Uh And this came up as one of the cocktails that you need to try. And I'm like, hmm, all right. This sounds interesting to me, right? Midori, which, listen, I know people are like, oh man, is that that green stuff? I know. And yeah, it is. But if you haven't had Midori recently, like they changed their formula in 2013 they, so it's less sugar, more natural melon flavor. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, as a person who loves melon just in general, it's delicious. Look at you taking a swig out of the bottle. All right. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely not as sweet as I feel like we remember it to be. Yeah. It used to be like cloying. Yeah. I mean, right? I never, I wasn't drinking in 2013, but right, I remember course. this not being something, because I think my mom used to drink this all the time when she was young. And so she was like, that is really sugary when I tried to use it a while ago. So I kind of steered clear. Wait, holds that bottle. Because a lot of times people like have Midori that's sat in their liquor shelf for like ever. I don't know. Does that feel recent or did did your mom give you that? No, 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 no. I probably bought this a year ago. Okay, yeah. So you got the new formula, right? Yeah. Anyways. But it's not bad. So I came across this cocktail. I just tasted it. It's not bad. It's delicious. I could take a swig right off the bottle and it tastes delicious to me, but I love melon flavor. Yeah. I think the thing that steers people away is just that neon green that is just, it is there. Here's what I got to say about that. Okay, bring it. Let's talk about Campari, bright red, right? Yeah. Does that bother you? Aperol, does that bother you? No, it doesn't. Midori is the same thing. It's just green. And yeah. so, no, you're yeah. right. That's All a right. good point. So, That's a good point. Basically, what I'm saying here, folks, is don't turn your nose up at Midori. Give Midori a chance because this one belongs in your liquor cabinet because it pairs well with salty, with savory, with earthy, with hot and spicy, with cinnamon, with citrus. Like this thing is, man, Midori's, yeah. Midori's got, some, got some moves. So I made it last night, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I didn't want to get on here and talk about this having not tried it. I fell in love 
with this cocktail. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to see this and you're going to be like, oh my God, it's green. And by the book, you garnish it with a green maraschino cherry. I drew the line. I drew the line. I did. Brad, you texted me. You're like, just so you know, it's garnished with a green cherry. And I said, green in all caps, cherry, question mark, WTF. Where in the world do you even get these? And I texted you back and I I said, that's where I draw the line. That's All right. There's the line right there. Oh, no. It's fair enough. It's fair enough. All right. But listen, listen. This is what I read someone quote. I I think it was maybe liquor.com. I read this quote on. This is a serious cocktail that doesn't take itself too seriously. So... Put the green cherry in there. And you know what? Everybody knows when no one's looking, you want to know what that green cherry tastes like and you're going to eat it. It's so true. all of you who are listening to this, I know you're thinking that. So just chill. Yeah. Get a bottle, get a little jar of green cherries and garnish it with that. I made it last night. I didn't have any green cherries because I went to three places and I couldn't find them. No way. They weren't in the baking aisle. And it's like fruitcake season, right? Like yeah. they should have been there. Right. But then we got this like broke ass grocery store by my house. It just never has anything I'm looking for. Anyways, I'm sorry. I don't want to vent on that. So I, uh, I ended up buying a honeydew melon and I'm like, well, I'm just going to use melon. And I made some melon balls and then I nice. cut them in half and like made like a melon curl. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. That belongs there. Yeah. That works. If the green cherry is absolutely a no-go for you, it was a no-go. then fine. Well, and I will say, people are like, okay, this is interesting. I thought you guys wanted to do, you know, this is being released in December. Didn't you guys want to do kind of Christmas? And here's what we thought that would it be perfect for them. Yeah. It's green. You know who else is green? Is the Grinch. And I thought how- Did somebody say check? Yeah. I was like, why don't we make this almost like Grinch themed? Because it is so green. Both of our cocktails are. And I think it'd be a fun serve that is out of the ordinary. You know, yes, you can do your sweet dessert cocktails, your eggnog, things like that. But this is such an interesting one. This is not sweet. No, this is such a fun one where I feel like you can really- have a themed, or if you're doing a cocktail party and you need to provide a cocktail, this is a fun one that's a little outside of the box. So that's why we're doing it. Right. And you know what? I guess we should tell the rest of the story here on this cocktail because people might already be like, dude, Midori, I just don't know. Here's the deal. This is a tequila, Midori, and Sue's cocktail. This cocktail is spirit forward Mm -hmm. and it's got a little, just a hint of sweetness, like a melon sweetness to it, but then it's got a bitter bite. If you like that bitter, ooh, well, I'm telling you. It's almost like a Grinch Negroni, if you will, because it's three ingredients, right? Yeah, kind of. I like it. I like it. They're not equal parts. Okay. But you can think about it that way. I mean, it's definitely got that Negroni, just a little bit of bitter, but it's like a pleasant bitter. I give its inventor, Bobby Hugel, a ton of credit for what he created. And we'll talk about Bobby here in the history section, as well as the cocktail scene down where he's from and just how he came about this cocktail. Just so you know, I was messaging with him last night. No way. Yeah, I totally, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna just reach out to the guy and I just wanted to clarify a few facts. Yeah. And I'm bummed I didn't set this up sooner because I would have loved to have interviewed him. Dang. I know, I think he would just be fantastic, but I've got a good story on him from the research I've done. And Jules, mm-hmm. he has invited us down to check out 
his gig no down way. with what he's doing. Yep. Oh my God. We'll talk about that. Now. So exciting. Okay. So Art, can you prepare yourself for on today's episode? Of course, we're going to make Brad's. Well, technically, I'm making the cocktail. So I'm going to make. Yeah, you're making it today because I'm, I'm at a friend's house in Scottsdale. So <laughs> I don't have the stuff. So we're going to make your greenhorn recipe, the classic. I Bobby's. am going to make a Grinchmas margarita. Come on. I had to. Tequila, Midori, we're totally. in the mix. Yes. Let's do it. You're going to give the history section. And then because we are inching towards Christmas, I wanted to give a tip section, which is how to batch your martinis so they're perfectly chilled in your freezer, ready to go and poured for your guests so you can figure out your cooking or whatever else you need to do for the holidays. Just wanted to give you an easy batched recipe. That's our week. All right. Let's get after it. I want to get into the recipe. All right, then. So here we go. Yeah, I mean, I have to make yours first. You're too excited. I, yeah, yeah. You're, you're making mine first. I mean, I'd love to be making one right now, but like I said, I'm not in my home. You're OOO, okay? I'm out of the office, yeah. So here's what you're going to do. I'm going to go back to the fact that if you're just tuning into this part and you hear Midori, settle down. It's okay. Midori is not the stuff that it used to be. It had this bad rap. And then 2013, they changed their formula to include more natural melon flavors as opposed to the sugary, sweet, whatever was going on there before. So it's a wonderfully beautiful, lovely tasting liqueur belongs in the bar cart. I don't necessarily know if it belongs as a main character, mm -hmm. but it definitely plays a supporting role. Here's okay. the deal. You're going to start with a mixing glass. Yes. Okay. I have mine chilled, by the way, with filled with ice. Oh, look at you, bro. All right. Yeah. So you are going to take one and a quarter ounces of tequila. It's got to be a Blanco. So the okay. tequila has to be a Blanco. It has to be a high quality Blanco preferably from the highlands of Jalisco, okay? Because that has the sweetest agave. And Bobby himself prefers El Tesoro. I used a different brand and I feel bad because I just absolutely grilled the poor guy at the liquor store down the street from me. For not having El Tesoro? Not, no, I wasn't upset with them. They didn't have it. I was just saying, hey, I'm looking for El... They had it in Reposado. They had it in Añejo, but they didn't have it in Blanco. And I'm like, look, I need Blanco? a good... Brad. No. I know. I just said Blanco. Oh my God. What is this? Like Price is Right? That's Blanco. <laughs> Blanco. Oh my Blanco. God. Blanco. Oh yeah. That's the Blanco stuff. That's the good stuff. That Blanco, you could see right through Brad, it then. do yeah. not embarrass me. Oh, jeez. I would never do that. <laughs> yeah, Have you watched any Fargo, by the way? Uh, I've started it. I haven't watched the most recent episode. Yeah, it's it's good. Yeah. Uh, we We don't all talk like that. Obviously, I'm Except from when you're Minnesota. talking about tequila, apparently. So. Blanco. <laughs> I know it's Blanco, and I said Blanco. Anyways. Yeah, it's all right, it's all right. So anyways, uh, he likes El Tesoro. I used okay, something good. called Punta Gave. Punta Gave is the one I used. Okay. It's delicious. Now, because I don't have the ingredients, I happen to be drinking El Tesoro uh, Reposado it's, right it's now. It's my just favorite, on the rocks. by the way. It's my favorite tequila. I I was going to use it. I don't have any because I've used it all. So I'm using my Agua Miel, which is also a really good tequila. 
But yeah, no, 10 out of 10 agree. If you are going out to buy the ingredients, please, 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 just in general, go buy uh, Altasaurus, yeah. the best. You need a quality tequila to kind of stand up to the Midori and the, and the Sous. Okay, totally. so we've now beaten the tequila into the ground. It's one and a quarter ounce of Blanco. Okay, that's in there. Okay, okay. now you're going to take one ounce of Midori. All right. Now listen to me again. Okay. Don't turn your head up at Midori. They're using fresh melons. Japanese melons too, by the way. Did you know Midori is Japanese? Well, I did, but I didn't know what kind of melons they use, but now I know they're using Japanese melons. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know they use melons from this region that just if you were to buy a melon can cost anywhere from 40 to $200 a melon. Jeez Louise. They take their melons seriously over there. I love the Japanese. I just love them so much. I just so badly want to go to Tokyo. Also, Brad, I added it in and look at that color. It's just so cool. Oh, yeah. I know. I, it, that's, it's a fun color. It is. All right. It is. Now it gets cool because when you add in the three-quarter ounce of Suze. Okay. I love how excited you are about this, by the way. I, it's just, it's such a cool cocktail. This is literally, I think, my new favorite cocktail, Oh my by the God, way. you're hilarious. Okay, 100%. three quarter ounce in there. Whoa. All right. Yeah, see? So folks, you got to go to the YouTube channel, right? And how, hey, if people want to go to the YouTube channel, where do they go? They go to Join Jules YouTube. It's just all on there. I figure it's easier to yeah. just all be on one instead of 10 different places. Okay. Cool. So go to the YouTube channel, check it out. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful color. All right. Got it in the mixing glass. Now you're going to stir for about 30 seconds, okay? okay? So stir it around. And what you're doing is you're diluting it and you're chilling it down even more, right? And then as you're stirring it, you're going to pour it into your chilled coupe glass. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. And so pour that into your chilled coupe glass. Yep. I got her here. I like doing this on the show. This is fun. I know. I'm actually oh, using like a, a Nick and Nora glass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whoa. And I think a Nick and Nora actually works out great. Oh my gosh. Look at that. That's beautiful. That's so cool. It's so grinchy. <laughs> it is so grinchy. Now, you don't have the green cherry, do you? But I have a Luxardo. All right. I know. Sorry. Bobby didn't say Luxardo. Bobby said green cherry. <laughs> I can't get behind it. Bobby. I I'm excited to try your cocktail, but the green cherry, that's where you that's where you get me. But if I were to have it made by him or at his bar, I would have it with a green cherry. Yeah, you know you want to try a, a green cherry. Look All at right. That. Oh look my at that. god, look Come at that. On. That is just it's like a beautiful, beautiful color. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Yeah. Can I go in for a sip? Please do. Okay. Oh, I can't wait to you sip this. Mm. First time. First time, right? Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm pleasantly surprised by that. Yeah, I was floored by it. Wow, okay. Hmm. Uh-huh, yeah. Give it another sip. You do. You need a nice tequila in here. They all meld so nicely. The melon is not as melony as I thought, but it also plays very well with the Sue's flavor. I feel like those two marry each other really well. And then the mm-hmm. standout as well as a great tequila. Because if you have a bad tequila, this isn't going to taste good. So all of it together, it's a really nice combo. I'm impressed. Do you know what I love about this guy? He wanted people to enjoy it at the bar or something that could be easy enough for them to make at home. Huh, I love that. I mean, this is easy to make yeah. at home so long as you have good tequila. 
I would I would recommend if you don't have good tequila and you're like, what do I make tonight? I don't have time to go to the store and you have bad tequila, don't make this. You need good tequila for this. I'd still give it a shot, but I don't know, good Brad. I make feel a like it it really marries. I haven't well. made it with bad tequila yet. I know me either. <laughs> I don't have bad tequila. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've have expensive tequila that I think tastes bad. That's for sure. I mean, there are bad tequilas that are expensive. That's too bad. I know it. No, this is great, Brad. I'm pleasantly surprised. You've got me on this one. I'm not gonna lie. Cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm on board. I'm on board. I All get right. it. Well, now I want to hear about your drink. Mm-hmm. And I wish I was able to make it, but I'm mm. gonna sit here from the back bedroom and watch you. Well, this is a fun margarita. You know, I call myself Margarita Queen. I have used green in a margarita before. I've used it with fresh cucumber juice and it tastes fantastic. But we're using Midori now. And I'm like, okay, I want to use green as well. But what can I meld it with that would taste really good? And so I'm doing a riff off of margarita and I've seen some recipes out there. And what I found interesting is that my favorite ones are the ones that use a little yellow, kind of like your cocktail with the Suze. Mine's going to be using pineapple juice. And pineapple, okay. I believe, is a cousin to the melon? Maybe not. I don't know. I haven't checked the family tree, but sure. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe I'm wrong there. <laughs> well, I mean, so don't quote me on it. Above ground fruits? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. Anyway, but what one thing is true is that melon and pineapple go well together. So we're using the melon liqueur with pineapple juice with like margarita ingredients. So... One of the things you can do before, which I have done, is I rimmed my glass halfway with uh, agave and coconut shavings. Just because, you know. That sounds good. And plus, I'm not going to lie, it is very Christmassy because it looks like snow. (laughs) Christmas. Christmas. I love Christmas. I love it. (laughs) I love it. So (laughs) once you rim your glass, put it in the freezer and let your cocktail glass chill. But then to Uh make our cocktail, what we're going to want to do, I have some pre-juiced lime in here. So we're going to add three quarters of an ounce of fresh lime juice. And I don't have exactly three quarters. So I'm going to squeeze my lime juice. Right in there. Right in there. Okay. Three quarters of an ounce is in there. Put that in our cocktail shaker. Then we're going to add in three quarters of an ounce of Midori. Now, you can opt for a full ounce. I am a little timid towards Midori even still. So I do three quarters, but you could do the full. Don't be scared of the Midori. Just give it a good hug. I know. Full embrace. I'm telling you. All right. I'm embracing it. Who gets upset with melon? Full ounce. There you go. And then we're going to do a full ounce of pineapple juice. All right. Pineapple juice. And then I'm only going to add in about a half ounce of orange liqueur. Orange liqueur adds the sweetness to your drink, but you have sweetness from the Midori, which is why I only opted Mm -hmm. for a half so you can get some of that orange flavor in there and a little bit of sweetness. You got a little Cointreau there? Is that the... I do. My fave. My favey. As Neil says, it packs a punch. Oh, it's my favorite. And then here's where it gets optional. I'm using mezcal, an ounce and a half, but you can use oh, of course. a good tequila. I know. Any, any way I can sneak a little mezcal, I will. <laughs> but I also think that the smoky, earthy flavors of mezcal play really well with the Midori and the pineapple juice. It does. Yeah. Midori plays well with earthy. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
So we have everything in our cocktail shaker. And now we're going to give it a shake. By the way, style points in a cocktail shaker. I'm not a fan of the cobbler shaker, but that is a good looking shaker. Honestly, and I've had bad cobbler shakers. This one isn't bad. It doesn't leak too much, especially when you pour it. So my problem is like getting the damn top off sometimes. It's like the thing just gets like glued on. No, I know. This is my Mackenzie Childs, and it is probably the only cobbler shaker that I like. Okay. Now I have my strainer, my fine mesh. Double strain that puppy. It's just a nice Christmas color. A little Grinchy guy. All right. Nice. And then you can do a couple of different things. You can add in a Luxardo cherry like we did with yours, Brad. And it, I mean, hey, for the heck of it, it could be green. Or you can just smack a little minty on there. There you go. Yeah, slap the mint, right? Yep, slap the mint. Slap it around a little bit. Slap it. Put it in your drink. Oh, wow. Come on. Look at that. That looks great. Right? Dude, that's fantastic. Okay, what do we got? How's that taste? Okay, let me tell you something. I've made two of these today thus far. One with tequila, <laughs> one with mezcal. Mezcal, hands down, fantastic. And it plays yeah. so well with both the Midori, both the pineapple. It's just that rich, earthy flavor. If you like mezcal, would 10, 10 out of 10 recommend doing it with mezcal for sure. Mm. Sweet. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm jazzed. I'm going to try that. Now that I'm kind of starting to get on the mezcal bus, right? Like I'm down with that. Look at you, double fisting double right fisting. there. That's awesome. I know. I am so jealous. My, I'm salivating for that greenhorn right now. Well, let's, uh, should we talk about the history on this drink? And yes. really let's talk more about, I think we need to talk about Bobby and his neck of the woods because I think this needs to go on all of our maps. Yeah, let's do it. I have two cocktails, so I'm ready to sit down, relax, and get my history lesson. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you think of classic cocktails, you think of age, but something tells me this will find its way into the canon of classic cocktails because it's a cocktail that everybody can make no matter where you are because these ingredients are available, mm -hmm. right? So Sue's isn't a regional thing. It's available all over. And if Sue's goes out, I'm sure there could be some other bitter that could go in its place. But Midori has been around for a long time and tequila has been around for a long time and Get quality tequila, good Midori. Well, good Midori, you get Midori. <laughs> That's it. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the guy who created this cocktail because I love his story. Okay. And then let's talk about the cocktail scene that he created a little bit because, again, I think this needs to go on our map. Cocktail map. Bobby Hugel. A, he's already a star in my book because he got back to me. I, t I literally messaged him on Instagram and within an hour he got back to me. I was like, That's hey man, awesome. I just want to get some facts straight. And he's like, dude, I don't know why this drink has taken off, but it's taken off. And the big thing is, is just make sure you get a quality 
Highlands tequila. And so I was telling him like, oh yeah, you know, I went up to Liquor Boy, which is actually mm-hmm. the name of the liquor store that I go to, Liquor Boy, or one of them that I go to. And they've got a great selection up there. And usually when they have manager picks, they're good. Yeah. So this guy's like, look, this is a manager pick. And I'm like, look, it needs to be from the Highlands. I pick up the bottle and it's like, okay, it's from Los Altos and Jalisco. So it's from the Highlands. And I didn't know that the Highlands region is like prized, right? For their tequila, but it is. Mm -hmm. And so that makes me even more intrigued with tequila. But he's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you got to use a good tequila to to stand up to the Midori. And so super great guy, right? Like just super chatty, super engaging. And then of course he's like, look, if you're in Houston, which I'll tell you a little bit more about the Houston cocktail scene, you got to, you got to look me up. That's awesome. So we are totally, we'll talk about this in a second because I've I've got some things I want to run past you here. All right. (laughs) Okay. So Bobby, for starters, he is considered to have been or is the architect of Houston's cocktail scene. Whoa. Yeah. So he has that kind of cred. Yeah. Now, here's the great thing about him. He worked at clubs and restaurants when he was paying his way through college. And so during this time, he acquired an appreciation for fresh ingredients Mm -hmm. and then started bartending to take a break after grad school and was creating cocktails and developed a bit of a loyal following. And while he was doing this, he set a goal to one day open up his own place, which he did. Back in 2009, he opened up the Anvil Bar. And it might have been the Anvil Bar and Refuge. Now there's two different places. It's called Anvil and there's Refuge. Okay. So just bear with me that he is a while ago, 2009, he opened up this place and it went gangbusters. Now, it's important that I tell you that he opened up Anvil Bar and Refuge with really kind of three things. And I'm sure Bobby would tell you more, maybe it's less, but what I could glean was he had this appreciation for fresh ingredients. Sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. He had this growing knowledge base for classic cocktails and appreciation for classic cocktails. And I guess he armed himself with all kinds of history books and whatnot. Sounds familiar. And he also had this concept that he just, he wanted to create a bar. Back then in 2009, everything was like speakeasy this and speakeasy that because we were going through the cocktail revolution. Mm -hmm. This predates you when you were in the cocktail scene. But I can tell you that there was a point in time where it was like, you went to a martini bar and that was fancy drinking. And then all of a sudden one day you started walking in and dudes had like waxed mustaches. They wore aprons and really thick belts with nice belt buckles and made these cocktails that took like a half an hour to make, right? And that was cool Mm -hmm. because you wanted something new. You wanted to experience what was happening with the food scene and all of these crazy ideas that were starting to kind of make it all over. You wanted to see that in a cocktail. Uh Uh-huh. And he wanted that, but he's like, you know, I just kind of want something that's a little bit more inviting than a speakeasy. So he wanted this open concept. And I guess this concept just took off. And then after that, he formed this co-op group with some others and they opened up several more bars in the Houston area. Now, of the, I think, four or five bars that they opened up, one or two might be around still, uh, and he owns Anvil, and then they opened up another place called Refuge. Mm-hmm. He invented this cocktail in May of 2022 at the Refuge. Now, David Wondrich, you've heard me say that name before, right? I think so. Okay. He is a renowned cocktail historian, and he has said that there is no finer bar than the Anvil in Houston, Texas. You'll never find a finer drink, I should say, than you would at the Anvil in Houston, Texas. So it's got that 
kind of street cred, which when you think about like, okay, well, you just said Houston cocktail scene, like there's a cocktail scene in Houston. You wouldn't think that that's where a typical cocktail scene might show up. And I would say, true. You might not think of Houston as being someplace that has a cocktail scene. You might not think of Minneapolis as having a food scene, but here's the thing. Good restaurants and good bars can pop up anywhere. All you need is a little bit of momentum, which is exactly what he built with this Anvil bar. And so the sad thing is, is that LA, I don't even know if LA you consider a cocktail scene. I'm sure they do, but you know, San Francisco, New York, Paris, London, you think of that like, oh, well, those are the cocktail scenes. And so you might dismiss some of these smaller markets, which is actually kind of sad because why couldn't you take somebody who is just as creative and open up an amazing bar or come up with an amazing concept that creates a whole momentum in another part of the country. One, the benefit of that is it's not going to be as expensive as it would be if you're up in like New York drinking. But two, it's probably going to be a little bit more fun because you know what? It's just not as stuffy. And I'm not saying New York bars and San Francisco bars and Paris bars and London bars are stuffy. There's definitely a lot of fun bars that are out there. But it just feels like it would be more fun. Yeah, and less expensive. Exactly. And that's the key. I mean, you know what? I don't feel like a cocktail needs to cost $20. Oh my Sorry. God, tell me about it. Which is why we should all be learning how to make great cocktails. When I spend $20 on a Negroni, that's three ingredients, equal parts, and they're using basic shit. I'm like, are you kidding me? How can you possibly blow my mind on a Negroni? Right. <laughs> For $20, right? Yes. I can remember when college, when I would go out and I had $10 and I would start an animal hour and it was 25 cents a drink and Shut I would drink up. my face off That's and awesome. like ride that into, <laughs> into the evening. <laughs> That's fantastic. 25, 25 cents? 25 cents a drink. I mean, we're talking, this is like 1996. Jesus. <laughs> That's insane. But yeah, no, Brad, I'm totally with you on that. They don't yeah. need to be A, that ridiculously priced and B, at a certain point, if you're making a classic, are you really going to wow me with some ingredients that are imported from XYZ? I mean, probably yeah. not. I'm going to speak a little out of school here, but I think I believe what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, the Michelin star rating system, right? For restaurants. Yes. They won't give restaurants in Minneapolis a Michelin star. Okay. So you're like, okay, big deal. So what? But just think about that for a second. How jacked up is that? You won't give a place outside of Chicago, Boston, New York, San Francisco. Like You won't give them a Michelin star. Why? Because of where they're located? Yeah. So you mean to tell me that they can't make as excellent of a dish yeah. that you would enjoy or an experience? Like I have been to restaurants in Minneapolis. The food scene here in Minneapolis is unreal. It's booming. Right? Yeah. It's unreal. Real. And I am in restaurants that I'm literally like, I've had a better meal in some of the restaurants in Minneapolis. I was at this place called Billy's Sushi last week. And the guy who is the sushi chef there is the ninth best sushi chef in the world. Jeez. Yeah. So come at me with your rules. Yeah, it's right? it's BS. And, and I, think, I think what's important is experience. And it sounds like 
It doesn't really matter where you're located. What matters is the experience you're bringing, the quality you're bringing. Because at the end of the day, I feel like people now with social media, people are traveling almost anywhere. But like for me, I travel for food and drink. So finding yeah. these really cool niche places that are really inventive using cool ingredients. It, to me, it doesn't matter these like, oh, it has to be from this place anymore. Like you can really yeah. branch out. And so that that's really fun, especially with what he's doing in Houston. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, so here's, you know, when I travel, right, I will go and I will, I will search before I go to any city and mm-hmm. I will say, give me the best places to get a cocktail in wherever. So like I was yeah. in Denver and I stopped at a place called the Cruise Room sure. in Denver, which if you're ever in Denver, you need to go to the Cruise Room. It is the coolest bar in this beautiful hotel right downtown, not too far from the baseball field. Mm-hmm. And it's Art Deco and it's this beautiful red color when you walk in, mirrors and Art Deco. And then the cocktails that they make are fantastic. Little riffs on classic cocktails, which probably sounds familiar to you. In the basement, there's haunted bathrooms. That's awesome. That's <laughs> and they'll awesome. tell you some stories and you're like, Ee-ee-ee. yeah, I'm out. And I found that place because I just started doing my research. Now, when I do research on in any cocktail bars that I want to go check out, I'll just throw Yelp out right away because I feel like that's ransomware. Like I it's agree. a pay-to-play model. I agree. Yeah. Terrorists will come after you on Yelp and just try to tank you. Yeah, yeah. And so like, I'm like, I'm out on Yelp. I like using Eater a lot. Oh, you use Eater? Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I've yeah, I've seen Eater before. And I'll also like, so I'll look at, a, for first of all, I'll look at a couple of different write-ups and I'll start to cross-reference. Okay, like what keeps getting mentioned? And then I'll start to look at the reviews and then I'll start to review the reviews and I'll look back across the last six months to a year yes. just to see what's the trend in the reviews. And if the trend is like generally positive, it's like, okay, well then I'm I'm going there. Yeah. I won't go to some place that's less than 4.5 stars. So it's 4.4 maybe, but probably not. Sometimes the 4.3s, and you're talking on Google, right? Yeah. Yeah, Google is where I go too. But what I do is I find them on Eater or the Infatuation is another good one. But those kind of where they're going specifically in locations where you can kind of geolocate. And then I go onto Google and then I do that point system. The lowest I go is 4.3 rating. Okay. Yeah, I might go to a 4.3. I mean, if I can't find anything. So like I've been to Boston or right. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I'm trying to find a restaurant that's good for me and my client that I'm going to go out to dinner for. And it's like, oh, geez, you know, it's like, all right, I can't find any 4.5s, 4.4s, 4.3s. Right, (laughs) right. But then again, I mean, I'll still like, I always go back and I scroll, scroll backwards and just kind of see what the ratings are. So anyways, all of that to say that I checked out the restaurant group or the bar group that Bobby's new organization has. And so you've got Anvil, yep. which is 4.6 stars. Everything that I've read has been beautiful about that place. You've got The Refuge, which is where this drink was invented not that long ago, 4.6 stars. Okay. You've got Theodore Rex, 4.7 stars. Squabble, 4.6 stars. And then Damn. Better Luck Tomorrow, 4.5 stars. All in Houston. All in Houston, and Houston's got a cocktail scene that is happening right now, which All I right. guess pre-2009, they didn't have a cocktail scene, right? Sure, I could see that, yeah. So now there's this cocktail scene, thanks to our boy, 
Bobby Hugel. Mm-hmm. And Bobby. I'm telling you, Jules, like you, me, your sister, we're all sitting around. We were down at the Baja 1000, right in San Juan Nico. Yes. And uh, we were kicking around the idea of putting together a little group or a little rendezvous, maybe once or twice a year, somewhere in the country. Yep. And we do a cocktail tour. Yes. We land somewhere and we just go check out the bar scene. Is Houston on our list? It's got to be. Plus, I'm down. Bobby is so nice. He's like, hey, man, you got to look me up when you're down here. And I'm down for that. We need to go down there and check it out. I'm telling you, we need to bring the good word back to the folks who like are interested. I think what a cool thing to do. Travel around the country yep. and just check out cool cocktail bars. Well, and I think too, Bobby did such a good job that you're going to want to go and meet him and try his cocktail. But the beautiful thing of it is, is that you can make this at home. So it's cool to do both. And if it's in Houston, that's not that far. And let me tell you something. I love Texas. I love it so much. Oh, I love Texas. Yeah. The people are so nice. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Twist my arm. I'll go. That's the game. That's what we're doing. We are going to make this happen and we are going to go check out the Houston cocktail scene. And I challenge you and I'm going to do the same thing. Everywhere I go, I am going to find a place to take a picture of a cocktail bar and I'm going to find that cocktail bar and I'm going to put it up. I think you and I need to start doing that. Yeah. So if you want to go on my Join Jewels, I've started a Join Jewels in Google Maps list. Oh, look at you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So every time I go somewhere, I put it on my Google Maps list. But what we could do, Brad, is whenever we travel together, we can start an art of drinking. (gasps) Wait. You know what I just thought about? What? We should start an art of drinking map where it's A, cocktail bars that we've talked about, Harry's in Paris. Yep. This cocktail bar in Houston. Every cocktail bar we talk about and or visit, it's going to be on our map. I think it's got to be cocktail bars that we visit personally. Or... Okay. Well, good news. I've been at Harry's. (laughs) Yeah. So now we need to develop a rubric to like, how do we grade these bars? Yep. And yeah, we need to come up with like a... uh, You know what? That's just it. That's that's, that's the hatch. You have all heard the birth of an idea. We're coming up with a rubric. And we are going to get a few trusted field resources who are going to experience bars. And that's what we need to do. We need to start reporting on when we're to go get drinks around this country. That's awesome. Yep, let's do it. I love sipping along the way. And hey, when we can't, we'll drink them on the podcast. There you go. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, cool, Brad. 2022, that was last year. Funny that this cocktail is taking off. I feel like when you invent a cocktail, because there's been some that I would call originals, even on my end, where you just, you don't know if people like them. And working in a cocktail bar and being as influential as a lot of bartenders are this day and age, I feel like you never know. You never know what your name is going to stick on. So for him to have this cocktail is so cool. And I agree. I can see it being a classic. It's a booze forward, stiff drink that's really nice, really balanced. I mean, I'm still sipping on it. You do. You want to lightly sip on it. I think it's great. Hopefully the Applejack Old Fashioned and your Applejack Martini, which is haunting, makes it into the classic cocktail run. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Anything can happen. Anything can happen. All right. I want to hear tips. Cool. All right. Let's do it. Okay. Tip section. Tip time. We're keeping it simple, easy, and fun. 
this tip section is for freezer door cocktails. We're nearing the holidays. You're going to be hosting. I love making cocktails for my guests. Sometimes it is a chore or you're stuck also cooking and doing cocktails and you just want an easy fix. Here's what I got for you. Freezer door cocktails are fantastic to make. Now you can make them one of two ways. You can grab a vessel or you can grab your spirit and you can discard, well, not discard, but you can pour out some of your spirit, save it for later or drink it right then and there. And you can pour it back. It depends on who's coming over. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, let's be real here. But you can use that actual bottle and keep the liquid in there. There's just more math doing it that way. So what I'm going to show you how to do is make a batched martini. Now, like I was saying, you can use... I've used a, a decanter. People have not loved that because it's glass, but I use the thick bourbon decanter so they're not going to break. But you can also use like a pitcher vessel or whatever it is. Just know that you're going to want to put this in the freezer. So to make batch martinis, what I like to do is I like to add 12 ounces of gin. I like to add six ounces of a dry vermouth. One of my really good friends drinks by Evie. She just came out with her own line of vermouths with Drink Vesso Spirits out of San Francisco. And she designed it specifically for martinis. So it's a great vermouth. Another easily available, that's one of my faves, is lo-fi vermouth. So six ounces of dry vermouth, three ounces of olive brine, and then three ounces of filtered water. Because if you're making batched freezer door cocktails, you want dilution in your drink because you're not going to be stirring these in a mixing glass to get that dilution that you would True. normally. So I like to add in the filtered water. From there, put it in your freezer, let it hang. And then all you have to do is pour about three to four ounces into your Nick and Nora, your coupe glasses, your martini, and just serve it like that with olives or a lemon peel, whatever it is. Oh, I like it. Yeah. You have them ready to go. And it really is such a fun and easy tip slash trick to easy hosting, especially this holiday season. So you can do that with awesome. martini, old-fashioned, Manhattan's, really those classic, a Negroni. I do a Negroni all the time. So yeah, just do the math. Know how many people you're serving. And then kind of, if you know the one serving of the cocktail, multiply that by how, how many, many ounces that is. Yeah. yeah. There you go. There you Small go. Play it up. There's your tip. Good tip, Jules. Yeah. I'm doing it. We've talked about a lot of cocktails here over the last couple of episodes that all would be great batchers. Yeah. I mean, hey, Brad, do we add this one to the mix? I don't know. Oh, I would batch you that could. up. I'd batch the greenhorn. Uh -huh. Yeah. Cool. Well, Jules, that was fun. That was fun. Hey, Merry Christmas, huh? Merry Christmas to you. Jeez yeah, Louise. Jeez Louise. And a Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah. Happy New Year then. There okay. You go. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Make sure it's a good one. Okay. Health and prosperity. Have a cocktail. Yeah, I'm going to take a sip right now. Cheers. Cheers. Well, there you have it. Cheers, Uncle Brad. Cheers, Jules. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the show. Don't worry. We will have the photos and recipes for today's cocktails on the website, joinjules.com. And if you got questions or comments for us, hit us up on the Insta at the Art of Drinking podcast. And of course, find Jules at Join Jules or at 
favorite Uncle Brad. That's me, also on the Insta. And hey, subscribe to my cocktail club on Facebook. All you'll need to do is search Join Jules Cocktail Club, and there you'll see what other cocktail enthusiasts are shaking up. This is a Red Rock Music Podcast. Don't forget, subscribe, like, and review The Art of Drinking with Join Jules and your favorite uncle wherever you get your podcasts.